Hey guys, welcome to Tom Talks. On this episode, we're going to be talking about... One more thing that's slowing down Dallas. The Great Foreclosure Flood. Is Facebook dead? How you can get involved in movies here in Fort Worth. And what do the cartel and avocados have in common? All right, welcome everybody to the show. My name is Tom Jong. I'm your host. And I'm Jack Lizenby, co-host. And... Before we get started, I guess we'll plug our social media. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Tom's Texas Realty, and also on TikTok at Tom dot things. things. Yeah, I always mess that up. Uh, and then our website, of course, is TomsTexasRealty.com for all your real estate needs. And what we got going on today? Uh, well, um, do you want to talk about your weekend? Mm. Do you do anything cool for Valentine's? Uh, no. That I you just, can speak of on a PG rated podcast. <laughs> uh, easy. Just, you know, made dinner for my significant other and uh, hung out and, you know, took okay. it easy. Pretty simple. I mean, we, we kept it pretty chill. We went out to a, uh, we actually went out to the other side of Azel Lake up there um, and rented an Airbnb. That was actually really cool. Oh, nice. It's, it's kind of hidden away in the woods and you walk up on it and it's a little unassuming, but once you get inside of it, it's, a, it's like a split level. And as it goes down into the kitchen, it opens up to these big windows that you can see the lake. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it is really cool. Awesome. Well, yeah, other than that, didn't really do anything cool. Okay. We got our, we got our um, yeah, I guess the only exciting thing, we got our windows from China yesterday. Oh, yeah, I saw so, that. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, I think we'll post a, I'm working on a video put together on how we bought the windows from China and how all that went. They're, they're special windows. It'd be interesting to see how that goes. Well, windows are one thing that's definitely slowing down builders, but another thing <laughs> Great that, is, that is really kicking them in the butt is uh, permitting, and especially in Dallas right now, they're going through a bit of a crisis because uh, they're facing... Uh, probably one of the worst permitting delays that they've had in years. Um, so obviously with the way that people are building, there's high demand for products right now. And new houses are just creeping to get onto the market, it feels like. Yes. And I think I, I think probably a big part of that, I think I read that in North Texas, there were 54,000 houses being built. That's crazy. Which is a record, yeah. Yeah, that's an insane amount. And, well, I mean, everything feels like it's slowing down from, like, the supply to the availability of workers and things like that. But one other thing that's really kicking them in the butt is, like I said, permitting because it just takes so long. And the permitting process in Dallas is – it's not very optimal right now. So – for a city that we've already talked about this, Dallas is having a tough time keeping a lot of its residents because it can't keep up with a lot of the infrastructure that's going in. Right. This is just another nail in that <laughs> coffin. and They're they're really feeling it. So there's, uh, I'm sure they probably work in uh, Dallas as well, but I know in Fort Worth there is a company that their entire job is to streamline you getting your permit. Like, you know something's really inefficient where there's a whole niche market to right. make it efficient. When yeah. somebody feels like paying more money is the better way to go about yeah. it. And so. it's, it's, it's really bad because like in the past 40 years, we're at an all-time high for, like you said, building new houses. Like, what did you say, 54, 57,000? Yeah, somewhere around there. Some crazy number. And it's gotten so bad that every city council, like once a month, these guys are, like builders, are coming out and just flooding them with complaints right now. Yeah. So... I, I felt it, uh, in the maybe not so much in Fort Worth, but like if it's anything like Dallas, because I applied for a permit a few months ago, mm-hmm. and three, four weeks went by before I even got a call about it. So if it's any worse in Dallas, I can't imagine that these guys are having oh. a good time. Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think the I, 
Fort Worth, I think it was like three months to get a, a permit back. I don't, I don't know what Dallas crazy. is right now, but yeah. Yeah, that's just absolutely nuts. I was talking to a, a buddy of mine this weekend. He, um, we were talking about the market and how crazy it is, of course. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he said something, and I was like, man, that's kind of smart. He said, there's only three things that are going to change this market. He said, number one, people stop moving here because there's more people moving here today than I think ever in the history of Texas, more than likely. And number two, there's going to have to be a mass exodus from Texas. Yeah, big reason to leave. Yeah, or number three, there's going to have to be a much more housing pop-up overnight. And just sort of satisfy, satisfy the demand. Right, exactly. Okay. And so the only place I can think of that would come from would be foreclosures. Mm. So everybody's talking about these uh, – <laughs> since 2020, for the last two years it seems like, everybody's been talking about all these foreclosures coming up. Right. And an uh, article came out this week that foreclosures are up 100 – Foreclosure filings are up 139% from a year ago, which sounds really scary, uh, but it's been so low that it's not even pre-pandemic levels at this point. So it's yeah, it's one of those things that the numbers look really scary in the news headlines, but it's it's fairly normal. The, the one thing that uh, I will put out there, so for anybody that might be going through this, th- so there were this can get really confusing. So there are two different things that you might have gone through if you're having trouble with payments back in 2020. There's a loan modification, and that's basically where they rework your loan and they set it up to give you lower payments or whatever for a certain amount of time. And then there's a forbearance where they take a certain amount of money and they put it at the end. And usually there's a time frame on that. Usually it's not like, hey, once I pay off the house, I'll pay that off. Uh, And so... One of the things that sucks about this industry is nobody's good at explaining how this stuff works. And so in almost every situation that I've come across where there's some kind of foreclosure or issue going on, the the homeowner doesn't actually know what's really happening. Wow. Yeah. Just in the dark in a situation like that, not good. Yeah. And, and part of that problem is there's companies out there that make money doing the loan modifications. And so sometimes it's not always in the best interest. But... That being said, uh, the other thing that happens quite often is people will, you know, stick their head in the sand, so to speak, whenever something like this starts happening, when, in fact, if you're going through something like this, the smartest thing you can do is reach out to a company that, like ourselves that know foreclosures, how they work, because at the end of the day, the bank doesn't want to foreclose on, on your house. It costs them, uh, I think, around $40,000 to foreclose on a house, and they're not that's crazy. Yeah, and they're not in the market of selling houses, right? So if they turn around, they got to sell it, and it needs some work. They're they're not efficient at all. That's not what they do. And so if there's a way to to keep you in that house or to you know make it make sense, and also the market's so hot right now, even if you think you have a piece of junk, right? Somebody's going to buy it. Yeah, there's a good chance that you can sell it and still get out from under. There's there's all kinds of options, but you know if you wait to the very last minute where it's like, hey, they're you know they're boarding things up here in two weeks. If I don't do something, it's too late so anyways word of advice if you're one of the few people in texas because i think there's like like 20 2300 houses in texas currently um then i think you know my advice would be reach out early and one last thing fun fact see if you know this so in the article it talked about how texas had one of the highest uh number of houses being foreclosed on Mm -hmm. 
which makes sense. Top five. It's a top five. Anyways, which makes sense because California has the highest population of states. We're number two. And then also on that list was Florida, New York. And can you guess the fifth one? Because I would have never guessed this. Michigan? Close. Illinois. Oh, okay. Why yeah. Illinois? It's actually – so Illinois and Pennsylvania have roughly the same amount of people. I think it's around 20,000. Don't quote me on that. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's the fifth largest population in the U.S. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, Illinois. I, I, to me, it's like Chicago and farmland. That's the way I think of it. I don't yeah, know I was really like, right. I don't think of anything when I think of Illinois except just, you know, like you said, Chicago and then everywhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways. Okay. Well, okay. while uh, foreclosures may be going up, uh, Facebook stocks are going down. Oh, <laughs> and if, about this. Yeah, if you haven't looked at the news in the past two weeks, Facebook took the biggest hit it's had since it since its existence. Hmm. The only other one that was even comparable was back in 2018. Uh, they lost 26% of their uh, stock value in one day. And that was two Thursdays ago, actually. Why did that happen? So it's a little bit of a couple of things just kind of wedging together here. Um, the first thing was iPhones. So iPhones are pushing out, or, or they have pushed out a uh, a the ability to stop an app from an app from tracking your activity. Correct. So the option. Out. Yeah. So while you're in Facebook, you can actually stop the activity through iOS, and that was a big hit because like almost half of Americans, I believe, have iPhones. Yeah. Uh, not so much in like other countries, but America is a really big part of their market share. And um, I think where most of the spending happens too. Yes, to, and that and its other large portion of the market share, the EU, is actually pushing out a privacy law that would re- prevent apps from tracking your activity while you're not in the app. And if you don't know this, Facebook is already doing this. <laughs> if yeah. you have Facebook on your phone, if it's you listening. have a phone, it's tracking your activity in other things than just Facebook. But the EA, the EU's mo- moving to create a law to stop that. And it's gotten so bad that Zuckerberg's trying to trying to like threaten them like, "Hey, if you do that, <laughs> we'll, we'll take Facebook yeah, away. We'll take Facebook away from the EU." And they're like, bet <laughs> so those two things kind of coupled together um it really just kind of put it to facebook and they lost so much uh it, mostly because their stocks are projected or their um their stock value is determined by their projected growth mm-hmm. and this was the first year that they've actually had a decrease in users since they formed yeah and if they have exponential growth as the reason that their stocks are so high and suddenly they're not growing well it makes that divide between what they think they have and what they actually have so much larger that makes sense mm-hmm. and it's interesting so like facebook they have um they were innovators at the beginning right they were yeah yeah and then they got really big and it's like you know some corporate people came along and said okay look you need to stop doing that we're just going to acquire all these other companies and the problem is like you're, you're now you're having companies that don't sell out i think did snapchat sell out i honestly don't know um i know i know somebody denied them and then like tiktok comes along and they crush it and then so then you know facebook's going back trying to implement all these things now we see it with reels they, they put it out on instagram and they pulled it over to facebook and mm-hmm. um but you know they're a, they're an ad company at the end of the day and so now that they're losing all of this traction to other apps they're going oh crap 
but <laughs> you know, but so I think maybe the could be the smartest thing that that Zuckerberg did was starting the whole metaverse thing. Yeah, and I wanted to speak about that because I've noticed he's really pushing it. Like, well, maybe not him specifically, but Meta is really pushing, especially the VR aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about it, whenever you look at a, a video or something, an ad pops up, you just put it down, wait five to fifteen seconds, yeah. and then you watch your video. But that's a lot harder to do whenever the screen is three inches from your eyes. That's true. Very true. And so I, I think this is why they're really pushing it because they know that um, they know that Facebook is sort of a dying platform. It's very much ingrained in like millennials, maybe some of the older or younger Gen Xs and older Gen Zs, but like the youth aren't really using it as a social media platform so much as they are just a place to hang their resume. So they, if they want to get on this, this train, they're really, they're really fighting for the VR aspect because they think that's going to be the next big thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I like VR. I think it's really cool, but it has a lot of limitations and it feels kind of gimmicky. So, so far. Personally, yeah. Certainly. So far. We haven't seen any crazy innovations yet. Not until we have like full body tracking or something. Yeah. Like the Matrix. Yeah, that'd be cool. Gotta imagine that. Zuckerberg in charge of the Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of films, okay. Uh, Fort Worth is uh, back in 2015. They put together a, for the first time ever a film commission to help bring films to Fort Worth. Okay. Which I don't know. I would have thought that'd be done a while while back, but <laughs> anyways, yeah, it's only seven years old, and I think there was a big, uh, you know, everybody, anybody that's from Fort Worth or that's been here, like it was kind of a big deal when Yellowstone filmed here. But uh, looking into this. Um, because I, w- I was listening to a, a podcast on um, Go Time Fort Worth by the, mm-hmm. the mayor, and then she interviewed, uh, oh gosh, I want to say it was Je- Jessica Christofferson, which I think is the president. Some I don't know. I probably butchered that. Anyways. <laughs> uh, but so anyways, I started looking into this, and so Hollywood has always been like the major hub, right? And right. then, I don't know, a little over a decade ago, like Louisiana made a huge push. I don't, I don't know really how much you noticed. Yeah, I, I had a buddy that lived there and was super involved in everything. So I was. I knew New York and then L.A. because those are where the two big film areas are, and that's mm-hmm. why all the superhero movies are yeah. around there. New York's another big one, yeah. yeah. And so, do you know who's recently overtaken the industry? No idea. Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, and like <laughs> Georgia, what? But like The Walking Dead was filmed there. There's a lot of movies that were filmed there. Ah. And the, uh, you know, you know everything. You're like, why does all this happen? Money, right? That's how the world works. So uh, I was looking into it. So different states have different incentive packages, basically at a state level, which are basically tax incentives for for films to come there. And so if you look, there's always a minimum, and then most of them have a cap. So like up to X amount that you spend on a film. You know, I think in Texas it's like fifty million. Um, which is pretty high. Yeah, Georgia doesn't have a cap, so they're basically open to whatever. They're like, "Hey, come talk to us." And here are the the tax incentives based on these other states that I'm looking at is about half of what they would get in a different state. So basically, you think about a company like a average blockbuster spends 150 million dollars producing the movie. Well, all of those things that they do, that they spend money on, they owe taxes on to the state. And so the state basically says, look, as long, you know, we'll give you a tax break, this percentage if you're using in-state people, and this percentage for out-of-state people. 
Um, so the idea is, while they're not making money off of the film, other people right, it brings in Texas are making money and they're paying, you know, you know, they're buying stuff in the state. And, uh, and then also, you know, I guess indirectly, it also brings tourism. So, like, if you fall in love with the film and you want to go where they made it or whatever, so. Right. So, anyways, there's, there's a lot of incentives. The state doesn't really make a whole lot of money directly from a movie when they give all of this, all these breaks, but it's still good for the state. So anyways, I think that's one of the things that's kind of hampered us here, but I do love that Fort Worth is trying to bring more of that here. And so one of the things that I didn't realize, but makes a whole lot of sense, if you're looking to uh, put a film together, you need locations to shoot. Well, one of the things that Fort Worth does, and you can Google Fort Worth Film Commission, I don't remember what the website is, but you can go on, you can actually search for all the places where people have submitted their properties or their businesses or whatever it is or their, you know, whatever yeah, land. Their intellectual property. Yeah, yeah. Say, hey, you guys can film here or whatever. Or if you're, you know, if you're an editor or producer, a videographer, you can also put your information on there. Because you think about it, they're, going, they're looking at a place to film. They're like, well, we need this many people or whatever. And if they don't know where they're going to get them, it, it becomes a lot more difficult, right? So the Fort Worth Film Commission has kind of organized all this. And so if you've got a unique property, if you've got something like that, and I mean, I'm sure you get paid generously. Like I, right. I talked to the, some of the, the guys in the stockyards whenever Yellowstone came through and what the amount of money they made to close shop and let them film was Probably more than they make in a day. It was, yeah. <laughs> so... Anyways, that's uh, that's pretty cool. So if you want to get involved, uh, you can visit that, their website and submit your your property or your skill set or whatever it is. So okay, that's pretty cool. Well, yeah. while uh, movie industries may be coming here, one thing that is no longer coming here is avocados. Mm. And the reason for that is uh, recently, I believe it was last week, there was a uh, U.S. Department of Animal and or U.S. Department of Agriculture, Animal and Health of Plants inspector official was actually threatened by uh, somebody in Michoacan in Mexico, which is one of the western states where you, they grow. How do you say it? Michoacan. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, it's one of the western states along the, uh, the Pacific Ocean over there, and they grow a lot of avocados because it's a really good spot for it. Okay. Uh, and that's also the only state in Mexico that is allowed to export avocados to the U.S., Okay. So essentially, because of whoever it was that decided to call up the inspector's work cell phone and threaten him, they have stopped all U.S. avocado imports wait, for wait. an unforeseeable time. Who got threatened? So it, the they didn't give a name or anything, but it was a USDA uh, DAAHP inspector official. So they have to inspect all the agriculture mm-hmm. coming into a country because, you know, first of all, they could have to be smuggling sure. baloney. Well, I was going to say that, but also like <laughs> plants coming in and out of a, of a new ecosystem could yeah. be a real big issue. So gotcha. things like that, but they have, they have to do a lot of different inspections that go along with it. And so basically they've halted all inspections. So that means avocados are no longer coming to the U S until they can. say, yeah, until they say they're a okay. And knowing how long avocados last, yeah. We could be in a shortage pretty soon. Yeah. Boy, I just bought guacamole this last week, and I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems it's going to be a luxury. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and uh, the uh, Michoacan is actually a really big place for turf wars within the cartel. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the tar- the cartel has taken a hit from this as well because their biggest source of money isn't from drugs, as you might believe. 
It's actually from avocados. I could see this. I mean, yeah. they, they start taking over other businesses, right, that are Yeah, of course. Makers. It's like once you start making money in the drug realm, maybe you want to expand to agriculture and things like that. So now would be the time to buy some stock in the, the U.S.-based avocado businesses, right? <laughs> hey, I'm not saying one way or the other, but this is the reason the banana wars were fought back in Central America as well, because the cartel actually started uh, a lot of their agricultural advents in uh, banana farming, the Chiquita bananas or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't believe it, it, was, it was that brand or not, but one of them that's actually still widely used in the U.S. was mass manufactured by cartel members, essentially. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the um, – boy, there's a, a documentary. I think it's on Netflix, and it's about uh, importing cocaine. Hmm. No, I haven't seen that. Okay, so the only, the only company that can import cocaine is Coca-Cola. And they have it's yeah, in the name. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Well, like, yeah, it, in the documentary it talks about this. But basically it was like uh, they – because it was part of their formula and everything else back in the day whenever um and they don't i mean they don't put straight up cocaine in coke it's it's right. a, like a, a byproduct of the the coca leaf yeah and uh so anyways because it was in there whenever all of the drug stuff happened back in the 80s was it 80s i don't back know the, the, yeah there was a big <laughs> crackdown in the u.s i don't know uh check the history books but basically whenever that happened Coca-Cola lobbied, and they were like, hey, look, that's cool, but we need to get it from somewhere. and we need- So they're the only ones that can bring it in, and I think there's only one country that can sell it to them. So it's like this weird monopoly thing on coca leaves here in the U.S. What a weird backstory for a soda. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it's a thing. So anyways, tangent, but... Uh, anything else? That's all I got. Okay, cool. As always, we're looking for more agents, so if you're interested in selling real estate with us we would love to talk to you any anything else that's that's it yeah and we're oh um our we're about to start round two in march of our investor uh class it's still currently free so if you sign up on our website tom's texas realty com, we will get you into the next one and i apologize this first one filled up so fast that uh not everybody got to yeah, we were not expecting that. Yeah, so anyways, what we're going to do, we'll, we'll send out an email, and, and it's basically the first people that reconfirm for March will be able to join in on that one. So anyways, thanks for watching.